Welcome back to another episode of the Hills Cast. This is episode number eight. I'm your host, B, joined today with my co-hosts, my friends, who will hopefully take it easy on me and my team today. We got Kevin. Howdy. And Seabass. How's it going? We got another jam-packed episode for the boys today. We're going to recap last week's matchups. We got our studs and duds, best of the benching, and we're bringing back F in the chat today. Then we'll take a dive into our week three matchups with our picks and our love-hates. And last but certainly not least, we'll be giving our picks for five NFL matchups to put Vegas on blast for giving out those easy lines each and every week. But first, as always, we're going to have to kick it off with some news around the NFL in the past week. And I got to say, it's a lot of bad bones. Lots of injuries, some worse than others. But I think we got to start with another blow to Chris's half-drafted team. And that's the second overall pick in this year's startup draft. Saquon Barkley tore his ACL this past Sunday against the Bears. He's done for the season, and so is Chris's team. Did you guys want to? <laughs> Bad bones, Chris. I mean, it's, anytime you have your any first round pick go out uh, out for the season, it's just bad. Uh, especially when team or Chris's team was already in shambles from the start. Uh, it's going to be hard to recover from this one, Chris. Yeah, but that is not to be outdone by the number one overall pick in the startup draft, CMC, going down with a high ankle sprain. He will be out at least three weeks as he was put on IR, possibly more than that. Devastating to my team's hopes of being a playoff contender this year. Uh, moving on to other key players are going to be out just for week three or possibly just a couple weeks here. We got Michael Thomas, who's out week to week with that high ankle sprain. Cortland Sutton's done for the season. I think he got tears in both his MCL and ACL. Yeah, so he that's, tore up his knee, and that's another blow to Chris's team. Yeah, not good there. Uh, and then A.J. Brown's out again with a knee injury. And then we got a cluster of 49ers players here. George Kittle's out. Raheem Mostert's out. Coleman's out. Um, and then we got Shepard. He's going to be out with turf toe. Cam Akers is out multiple weeks with ribs. And Devontae Adams is doubtful with a hamstring injury. How are your guys' teams looking with this uh, injury plague season so far, guys? Uh, my team's looking pretty good. I haven't suffered any critical injuries yet, so good from over here. Yeah, all I've got is uh, Raheem Mostert, but he looks like he should be back in about a week or so, and I've got decent depth on my team, so I've, I've had some players to fill in. Good yeah. thing I didn't do that Terry McLaurin for Mostert trade. Yeah, would have been <laughs> perfect timing. Yeah, it would have been really good timing. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah, well, behind a league action. <laughs> My team's been hit by the injury bug. Obviously, I mentioned McCaffrey. Galladay's been out. He's questionable again this week. And then Chark was out on Thursday night. Just can't find a break. Nope. Well, uh, hopefully they could get healthy soon. I could get back to full strength and at least be competitive here. Other players to keep your eye on that are questionable are Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, Josh Jacobs, and Darren Waller. So just keep an eye on them uh, come game time to see if they are in or not. Uh, One key player that's coming back is Godwin. He's uh, passed the concussion protocol there. So that's good for Godwin owners there. But I think that's about all the news that we have around the NFL for the past week. but now let's take a look back and see what happened in our league in week two. We're gonna get, we are getting a better idea of how players are going to perform this year and the outlook of certain teams. Some good, some not so good. The week two winners were Kevin, Gary, Holes, Seabass, and Kyle. 
Kevin had the largest margin of victory over myself. He had the top score of 176 points to my 110. Yeah, that wasn't that was never never in doubt that, that game there. <laughs> um, Kyle snuck away with the sickest victory I have seen in some time with oh, a yeah. .6 point edge over Conrad. Kamara got a 15-yard reception with literally one second left in the game to steal it away from him. I was there when Kyle <laughs> when Kyle saw this and he, he was like, "Took his shirt off." Yeah, pretty much. He, he was sweating bullets, <laughs> and uh, he's like. Look, I saw I saw the my number from one percent all the way to a hundred percent nearly came. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was uh, that Bad was beat. tough luck for Conrad. Bad beat, Conrad. Uh, Chris had the lowest score for the second consecutive week, only scoring eighty four point four this week. <laughs> Yikes! Um, and then there's three undefeated teams left, and that is going to be Kyle Seabass and Holes. Congrats on the two and zero start. You know. Uh pretty decent start but uh i i i got pretty lucky both of my weeks i just beat sean by three points that was pretty close in uh week one uh probably should have lost to gary too so i'm i'm getting pretty lucky right now yeah two close wins there but two and oh nonetheless and then we got three winless teams those are chris tom and conrad oh and two isn't season ending but oh and three is definitely not ideal those teams got to pick it up to be in the race yeah, can't have our commissioner going 0-2. Oh, <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, welcome to 0-3, Tom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, you're catching another L this week. But. We'll get into that later, but I don't think it's looking too good for Tom's team over there. <laughs> uh, everyone else is in the middle of the pack at 1-1. One one. So that basically summarizes where the league is right now in the standings and with the matchups there. Um, now let's get into uh, some studs and duds that we had in the past week. I'll have Kevin start this off with a stud of his. All right, so for my stud from week two, it is my man, Tyler Higby. I was pretty high on Tyler Higby going into the season, and he proved it this week or last week in week two. Higby went five for five with 54 yards with a hat trick of three receiving touchdowns. Higby is really solidifying himself, I feel like, as a clear tight end for the Rams. Gerald Everett uh, did play this week, but he played only 43% of the snaps compared to Higby's 86% of the snaps. Higby's starting to become like a must-start tight end. You have to start every week. Uh, sadly, Higby was on Tom's bench this week, uh, but I think Tom will make the right move next week and put him in that starting lineup. Seabass, who was your stud for the past week? Uh, my stud for week two was Stefan Diggs. Um, I was not really buying into um, Diggs as a wide receiver one or a high upside wide receiver two this year, um, moving to Buffalo. But he had 13 targets, eight receptions, 153 yards in the touchdown last week, um, almost 20 yards per reception. Josh Allen is looking good, threw for over 400 yards. Um, and if he can connect on that deep ball consistently, uh, I think Diggs is actually going to be a pretty, pretty solid receiver this year. So, yeah, that's my stud. I like stud it. Indeed. My stud of the week was Kelvin Ridley. What a start of the year for this guy. He's the number one wide receiver by 16 points already over Devontae Adams. Cowboys seemingly had no answer for Ridley. Early and often in this game, he hauled in seven of his ten targets for 109 yards and two touchdowns. He's basically Julio Jones, but with the touchdown upside. We always say Julio is a safe play mm-hmm. with 
the amount of receptions he gets and the amount of yards, even if the touchdowns weren't there. But Ridley's doing the same thing with the touchdowns. I wasn't expecting the breakout this year. We'll see how long this could go. I mean, obviously, two touchdowns per week is is not sustainable. But being the, I, I see him for sure being uh, in that top five uh, throughout the whole year this year. So he's an uh, absolute stud for the first two weeks here. Moving on now, we'll talk about the duds of the week. Some players that underperformed in week two. Kevin, who you got? All right, so for my dud, I mean, it pains me to say it. It's going to be Rob Gronkowski. Uh, big Rob Gronkowski fan, but Gronky, you're not doing too well this season. Uh, Gronk had only one target last week, uh, and he didn't even manage to bring that one down. In an offense that was missing Chris Godwin, I would have expected Gronk to surpass his 2.1 fantasy points from week one, but he ended with zero. It's kind of hard to tell if this is more of an offensive scheme issue or possibly a retirement or his age catching up to him. Uh, But I also didn't watch the game, so I couldn't really see how he was playing. Uh, Depending on how he performs in week three, I'd be a little nervous uh, as a Gronk owner. I think Holbrook is our Gronk owner. So we'll see if Holbrook tries to maybe sell him low for the name. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he he doesn't look good. He looks really slow. I I honestly, I wouldn't even roster this guy. Yeah, he doesn't deserve to be in any... Starting lineups probably not even on anybody's roster, but yeah, it's sad. Uh, my dud of the week is going to be the wide receiver three for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Michael Gallup. I I think he's he's uh, we're going to start to see Ceedee Lamb take over the wide receiver two job in Dallas. Uh, Gallup had five targets again, just like in Week One. He had five targets, two receptions for 58 yards um, in a shootout against the Falcons. Uh, There'll probably be another shootout this week against the Seahawks. Um, I mean, he's a viable option, maybe like a wide receiver three play, but the fact that that he's starting to see less and less work is pretty worrisome to me. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be expecting way too much. I think his ceiling is kind of capped with – uh, all the options they have in that offense. Yeah, yeah, Gallup's definitely been a big disappointment early in the season. But I agree. I think he's still a viable flex, at least for this week. we got to see. I mean, I'll give him another week to yeah. see w- what really happens, where the target share is going to be. But it's not looking too good for Gallup right now. Um, going on to my dud here, I'm going to have Naeem Hines. What happened to Naeem Hines in week two? After the injury to Marlon Mack, we figured Hines would have a nice role in this offense because he did get 15 touches in week one. Completely different story in week two. It was a Jonathan Taylor show. Hines was kicked to the curb there. He didn't get one carry, and he had one reception on one target for four yards. He was only on the field for 12% of the offensive snaps. Like, I didn't see this coming. I thought Hines was actually a good pickup in a lot of redraft leagues. Mm I thought he was going to be, you know, the receiving back on, you know, the third down back, but it looks like it's going to be Jonathan Taylor on the field for most of the game. It does not look good for for Hines. I think it's uh, Taylor's backfield. I didn't even look at Hines' stats. I didn't know he did that bad. Yeah, he got one <laughs> one opportunity the yeah, whole game. He, he had less than one point on the week. Um, I don't know. I would still hold for, especially in like redraft leagues. I would probably still hold. It was a really friendly game script, game script for um, Jonathan Taylor, but it is pretty worrisome uh, knowing how much Philip Rivers likes to throw to the running backs. Um, 
I don't know. It was just completely opposite from what we saw in week one where um, even though Marlon Mack was on the field, uh, Hines is still getting a lot of work. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. I, I don't expect much from him this week yeah. with him playing the Jets. I think they're going to be in control of the game. I see Taylor getting a lot of a lot of carries again. So, my other options for for the duds, I I had to put it in Miller time. Yeah. <laughs> just, I thought about it too. Just, <laughs> I mean, not high expectations, but still, they went below my expectations there. I really think, low. I think uh, <laughs> it combined for two points. Miller, uh, Anthony Miller got zero. So, so was that? Uh, didn't Mitch throw like the ball? To yeah, Miller it was a dime, zone, dime in the end zone. Dropped and Miller it. dropped it. Yeah. Once I saw that, I was like, oh no. Yeah. 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 I thought I thought B was actually gonna get hit a chance there with Anthony Miller. I thought he was gonna tee off the rest of the game. But yeah. No. He mm-hmm. had a couple of drops, I think. Yeah, and he didn't. I think uh, Nagy actually benched him a little yeah, bit there in the second half. It's frustrating to see how little work they they give him though. It looks like uh, Darnell Mooney. <laughs> yeah. is Taking that spot. But yeah, that'll be our studs and duds for week two. Moving on, we're going to have the best of the benching. See who made the mistake of benching a stud that went off in week two. Who do you got, Kev? So for mine, I'm going to Sean here with John New Smith. Sean started Evan Ingram over John New Smith. Although Ingram performed better than his week one performance, it wasn't enough for Sean to remain 2 0 in the season. If Sean would have started John New Smith instead of Ingram, he would have won his matchup against Seabass. Smith ended with four receptions for 84 yards and two touchdowns, capping at 22.4 fantasy points. Um, I think at this point, at least Sean knows who to start. I think John New Smith has solidified himself as a clear tight end one. John New Smith, also to my surprise, is ranked tight end number four right now in the league, and I just kind of noticed that yesterday when I was typing this up. So we'll see what Sean does this week with Evan Ingram or John New Smith, but I think Sean knows the answer. Nice pick. I mean, that's that's a tough choice to yeah. I mean, Ingram and Johnny Smith. I would have started Evan Ingram too because mm-hmm. just of what he's done in the past. But we'll see what Sean does this week. Who you got, Seabass? Uh, I'm just gonna call myself out real quick. I I'm gonna stop leaving Deontay Johnson on my bench. Uh, I think he had like double digit targets. I don't know if he did in week one, but I know he did it in week two, and he's looking pretty good. Uh, he, I think he has a problem with his toe or his foot, but it seems like it's just during the week and then he's good for game day. And I think Ben really likes to throw him the football. So I'm expecting some some pretty big things this season from Deontay Johnson. Yeah, he's, he's actually been Big Ben's number one target through two weeks for yep. all you Juju truthers out there. Hey, I'm, I'm not abandoning ship yet on Juju. Juju's my man, so I, mean, I ain't worried about it. It was a struggle last week, but we'll see. I mean... Deontay Johnson is getting more targets and, and receptions than him, but we'll see. I think, I mean, it'll be both of them are going to yeah, perform. Yeah, I think it'll be yeah. fairly mm-hmm. even. My best of the bench is going to be Leonard Fournette. I'm not going to knock Kevin too much for this because I don't think anyone was going to start him here. Um, but And he also didn't need his 26 points off the bench as he still had the top scorer of the week. <laughs> but this is what happens against the Panthers' defense every week. They just get carved up. Already six touchdowns against them in two weeks against opposing running backs. So, but Fournette did go off. I don't expect it. Uh, I mean, his his efficiency was pretty, you know, not sustainable there. Only 12 carries and yeah. still getting that many points. But uh, he did have a good week two there. 
Yeah, I think now as Ronald Jones owners and Fournette owners, it's like really tough to figure out who you want to start as your flex mm-hmm. because you still don't know who's going to be who's going to get majority of the mm-hmm. carries. Like yeah. I'm still not going to start Fournette. My love I need the, another week. My love of the week last week was Ronald Jones, and mm-hmm. it would have worked out if he didn't fumble the ball and Arians kicked him to the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have had a, a solid game, definitely. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll do it for the best of the benching, and we're going to bring back this segment right now. F in the chat. I think this should be the last time that we, we really bash on his team. I think we just... Well, we got to do it every just, week. It's going to be somebody. You so know, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe we could find someone else because this is just easy pickings, low-hanging fruit here for Chris's team. It is just... his. He has no one of note on his starting lineup. The only ones Nobody. is literally Mike Evans. Desh- Mike Evans and Deshaun F. Watson. F. And Chris. maybe, maybe F. AJ Green. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, he does get the targets, but it's not really, you know, it's not turning into fantasy points right now. His, arguably, his three best players. Yeah. Kittle, Barkley. Kittle, Barkley, and Sutton. Sutton. Well, Sutton is probably his, his second best yeah. receiver, but mm-hmm. having Still, those three out, yep. that's just... Sterling yeah, Shepherd when you see, like... Sorry, Chris, but when you see like Sony Michelle and Tariq Cohen as your RB one and two, with Swift as your flex, and maybe now Carlos Hyde or Deion Lewis as your other flex, it's it's not good. It's, it's a little a, gross. It's a definite F in the chat for Chris's whole team, his whole season. But you know, he could always rebuild. I feel bad. <laughs> I, I really feel bad. Like I, I, I wish this happened to like Kyle's team. It'd be more funny. But like Chris, I just feel bad. Yeah, because he did we only didn't deserve this. He did only draft half his team, and oh, it doesn't help gosh. that like I think what four is that four out of his top like seven picks are injured. I think he, yeah. I think he drafted like the first seven rounds or something. Yeah. Yeah, and like the the actually the players that he picked are injured. All right. So it just it doesn't help, and then also you know he he picked Deshaun pretty early. He's having a tough season as well. I don't, I don't see Will Fuller. Oh yeah, he also got thrown. Will, uh, Will Fuller got a nice goose. Never lived in week that, two. Let you live that down. Also, Chris, uh, Chris was forced to take uh, Damian Williams in the draft too, a computer draft, and oh, Darius yeah. Geis. Like, I mean, how many times did we? Have I know. Yeah, I mean, we we literally get, sure we just Chris give him someone garbage. Yeah. But still ended up with garbage. Sorry, Chris, but yeah. you're you're our week two f in the chat. Yeah. Sorry. I was I was gonna put Will Fuller in my duds as well because I saw after that <laughs> solid week one he got the goose in week two so you know just just backs up my claim of him being one of the worst draft picks this year. <laughs> Wait, how many points did Will Fuller get? Zero. He got oh no, he got zero no targets. Oh oh yeah. Ew. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. And I think he's dealing with another injury. No surprise. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no shit, no shit. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I, I mean, we'll try to you know take it easy on you. I know you can't do anything about it anymore, but. uh yeah, you're this week's F in the chat. Moving on, we're going to look forward to week three now. The week three matchups. We're going to start with myself against Conrad. Things aren't looking good for my team right now. CMC is out. I'm going to have to have Antonio Gibson or just Tony, as I call him now, step up for me to be competitive. But I do like the trend of Gibson the last two weeks. He went up from 26% to 64%. Uh, snap percentage in week two and it looks like he's going to be the bell call for that offense so I kind of I like that trend that that's going for him but Conrad definitely has the edge in this matchup he has two stud running backs and Delvin Cook and Aaron Jones I mean I do like Drake's matchup against the Lions I think this yeah. could be his breakout week um, but it definitely has the edge there I don't see much uh, 
advantage for me, especially with my wide receivers. It just doesn't look too good, especially on Thursday night. Didn't didn't get much help from Devontae Parker and Keelan Cole. I'm going to have to pick against myself and pick Conrad in this matchup. Yep, I'm going to take Conrad here as well. B, I think your team just lacks a little bit of depth. You're already talking about that. Uh, with CMC going down, it's just such a large negative impact to your team. Gibson is more of a flex play, and you're having him as your RB2. Um, and also Keelan Cole and bootleg Devontae Adams performed pretty meh in uh, Thursday Night Devontae Football. Parker. With, yeah, bootleg Devontae Adams. Oh, Parker. Well, well, we, no, that's why I said bootleg oh. Devontae Adams, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh my bad. I didn't, I didn't catch that. So. Um, <laughs> you only got 15.7 points, so B's already in a deep hole here. Uh, so I'm taking Conrad this week. I think Conrad wins by at least 15 points or more. Ouch. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Conrad in this one, too. I think there's just too much for Alex to make up. Uh, granted, Lamar and Drake can pop off this week, but I also think that Amari Cooper has a pretty good shot at finishing in like the top five wide receivers this yeah, week. Yeah, I love I love Cooper's matchup this week, and then we'll see we'll see what Kenny Galladay looks like. It's gonna be our first look at him this season. Um, hopefully, yeah, you know. Yeah, hopefully he's healthy. Uh, I just want him back. The mm-hmm. Lions defense is or oh sorry, Lions offense is gonna look a lot better. I think with Kenny Galladay Definitely. in there, and um, hopefully he doesn't mm-hmm. hurt himself playing uh, on Sunday, but. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, so everyone is going with Conrad in that matchup. Moving on to the next matchup here, we're going to have what should be a battle of two co-hosts, but Tom's not here today. Um, it's going to be Tom versus Seabass here. Looks like Tom can't avoid the injury bug as well as he has Devonta Adams as doubtful for Sunday night's game, and A.J. Brown is still sidelined with a knee injury. Um I don't see how Tom really can't fade away from Carson Wentz here. <laughs> it looks literally through the first two weeks, he looks like the worst quarterback yeah. in the league. Only four interceptions and two touchdowns through two weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if Dak outscores him for 15 points this week. Um, other than that, looking at the RB matchups, this is the only part where Tom really is competitive. I think both Eckler and Sanders have uh, fantastic matchups this week. Um, and then, but and then Joe Mixon on the other side is struggling so far. I do expect to see uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire to have a bounce-back game and a high-scoring affair against the Ravens. Um, but where Seabass takes it is is the wide receiver department, especially with you know Adams and Brown being out. He's got the number one guy with Kelvin Ridley, and uh, I think that's enough for for Seabass to take the edge there. I'm going to go with Seabass in this matchup. B hit basically all the points there. I don't want to be too repetitive, but I'm going to take Seabass here. Uh, as B mentioned earlier, Tom's team has just really played with injuries. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams. Uh, it's looking like Jarvis Landry is going to be his wide receiver three, which is uh, it's okay, but it could be better. And then uh, with possibly flexing Higby or Malcolm Brown in this scenario, uh, but I'm going to take Seabass to win by at least eight or more points here. Yeah, um, I don't know why Tom still has Ronald Jones in his lineup. I definitely wouldn't be playing him, but I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, just the same, same. we have players off the same teams. Uh, I have OBJ yeah. against Landry. We've got Josh Kelly against Austin Eckler and uh, Deontay Johnson against uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think... Uh, 
we can kind of, Tom can kind of neutralize the matchup a little bit, but yeah, the injuries just kind of kind of killed this team a little bit. But uh, we'll see because his RBs really do have juicy matchups. Mm -hmm. uh, if Mixon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can't really compete with them, then it could be closer than we think. I just want to make a correction. I did notice that Tom is starting uh, KJ Hamler. Uh, when I looked yesterday, he wasn't starting him. He still had Devontae Adams in his lineup. So just wanted to make a correction there. KJ Hamler. Still taking Seabass, though. Yeah, I think did, did Tom go with CPS as mm -hmm. well in this one? He did. He no, faded man. himself there finally. Nice. <laughs> he's trying because he he did he did bet on himself the last two weeks and didn't work out. Yeah, he's trying the reverse jinx that <laughs> I did last week and it worked out. <laughs> but I think CPS uh, is gonna stay undefeated and Tom's gonna stay winless going into week four. It's not looking good for the commish there. Moving on to our next matchup here, we're going to have Sean versus Gary. I think this is the closest matchup right now, mm -hmm. um, especially with Gary's uh, with the performance of James Robinson on Thursday night. gave Gary a huge boost in this one, scoring 28 points. But I, I just got to say, watch out for Jonathan Taylor this week. I think against the Jets, the Colts are 11.5 point favorites. I think they're going to be in control of this game. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets close to 30 carries in this one, scoring a couple touchdowns over 100 yards. I think Taylor is going to have a solid, more than solid. He's going to probably be in the top three running backs this week, if I had to guess. And that's going against Todd Gurley and Singletary on the other side. Still, even though Singletary has the backfield to himself with Zach Moss gone, I'm still not a, a huge fan of it. I mean, the Rams have been not too good against the run so far, but... I just don't like Singletary as, as a back too much. Um, but uh, I think with the with Godwin coming back, Gary actually does have a slight edge here in the wide receiver, especially if Julio does not suit up against the Bears on Sunday. I think with Godwin and Thielen, I think that's a solid one-two there. And then Davis, I mean, I'm not a fan of Corey Davis, but with A.J. Brown, he's still a viable option mm -hmm. right now. And then... Um, I think it's. I think their their flex matchup of Montgomery versus Hunt is very intriguing as well. I think those are pretty even matched running backs. I do like Montgomery a little bit more just because he has the for sure uh, volume on the Bears as Hunt is still competing with with Chubb there. He's more of just a third down or late game kind of back there. But this was a close one, the closest one. I'm gonna take Sean though in this one. Yeah, I think this is a tough, probably the toughest matchup out of all the games for Week 3. Uh, Gary had James Robinson go off, which really helped his team a lot. So I think based off of that and based off the rumors that Julio might not suit up uh, on Sunday, I'm going to take Gary here. Um, when you have Singletary and Gurley as your RB1 and 2, I feel like you really need that type of performance from a flex running back such as James Robinson. Um so I think Gary's going to sneak out of this one with a close dub and a Patty Mahomes versus Justin Tucker Monday night sweat. <laughs> I got Gary. Yeah, I took Sean in this one, but um, I'm going to watch closely and see what Julio's status is tomorrow. Um, yeah, I definitely. Think, I think Russell Gage is a pretty good option to turn to, mm -hmm. um, and he could always throw in uh, David Johnson into his lineup. Even though oh, he's yeah. playing the Steelers, I mean, I mean, he's still flex too. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty solid option. Um, but yeah, this was definitely the hardest matchup of the week, I think. So, 
that was me and CBS going with Sean, Tom, or Kevin went with Gary, and Tom went with Sean. So okay. we'll see. Gary, or Kevin is actually, I'll, I'll say these, he's been the best so far with these uh, picks in the Dynasty Pick'em. He's 8-2 and two so far. Me and Seabass are both 7-3, and three, and Tom is struggling there at 5-5. Five and Because five. he keeps taking Jeez. himself. He keeps taking himself. <laughs> so... We'll see if uh, if Kevin could gain another another uh, game on us there, because he's the only one that took Gary. Moving on to our next matchup here, we are going to have the heavy hitter of Kyle Murata's team, the Green Bastards, who are just clicking on all cylinders so far. He's going against Holes. Battle of two and no teams right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's just going to be hard to. Bet against Kyle in any matchup this year. Even when Conor, when Conrad's team went absolutely off against Kyle, he still found a way to win, even if it was by the slimmest of margins. Um, just Kamara looks like he's back to his old form. Um, he's going into this week as the RB2. And like I said, with Taylor, watch out for Derrick Henry this week as well. He's going against the Vikings defense, who has not looked like they could stop anyone so far. I see him finding the end zone for the first time. Racks up over 100 yards. On the other side, I see Josh Jacobs having a tough matchup against the Patriots there. And then Melvin Gordon against Tampa. Even though Tampa has given up a decent amount of points to the running backs, it hasn't been on the ground. They held Kamara to 1.3 yards per carry in week one. And they held McCaffrey to 3.3 yards per carry in week two. They kind of just got beat in the air or just gave up touchdowns. Uh, the Bucks defense there, so it's it's not a good matchup for Melvin, I don't think. Um, and then they're pretty comparable in the wide receiver department. Con- or Holes does have a pretty stacked top three wide receivers there, with uh, A. Rob having a great matchup against Atlanta. Lockett's going to be in that shootout with the Seahawks and Dallas. But then on the other side, Kyle has two Seattle Seahawks players that are going to be in that matchup with Metcalf and Carson. So I just think Kyle's just, Kyle's starting lineup is too solid to bet against. I'm going to go with Kyle on this one. I don't know why Sleeper has Kyle beating Holbrook already by 13. I feel like that's a pretty high margin already. I feel like the game's going to be a lot closer than Sleeper pre- uh, predicts. Um, I'm still taking Kyle here, though. In my opinion, Kyle still has the best starting lineup in the league. His only issue is basically the tight end uh, position. As for Holes, uh, I think the only way he's going to really win this matchup or at least make it really close is if Allen Robinson has that kind of boom game we've been waiting for, which is very possible against the Falcons. Uh, The Falcons have allowed 386 passing yards per game this season. Allen Robinson has averaged 7.3 points per game, which is not good for your wide receiver too. So hopefully uh, Allen Robinson and Mitch could expose that Falcons defense and Robinson could get, you know, around 15 to 20 points, if not, you know, around that area. I expect um, they have to turn it around this week. Yeah, I, I expect it too. But uh, I'm going to give Holes some good luck here. I hope he beats Kyle, but I'm going to bet on Kyle here to win. Yeah, I took Kyle also, but I do think Holes' wide receivers all have a chance to explode. Um, Tyler Lockett. Allen Robinson both have great matchups. Um, and then Tyreek Hill, he's always got that opportunity. Uh, the, the main thing for me is basically the health of uh, Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. I think they should be fine, but um, playing on Monday night, 
Uh, they were on the injury report pretty much all week. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're 100%, then that gives them a decent shot. Um, for me, the only thing is the fact that Holes doesn't really have a third running back he could turn to, um, mm-hmm. starting Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I'm not a fan I, of that. Yeah, I don't really see much upside there. And, you know, you're going to need a lot of your players to do really well to beat Kyle. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think – Kyle's players have necessarily have the greatest matchups in the world, so so I think there's a chance for holes, but I'm not gonna bet on it. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, just you know, Kyle, I'll, I'll I'll I won't bet against him until there's really he he hasn't really gotten hit with injuries at all mm-hmm. so far, which doesn't is not good for the rest of the league there. Um, so we all went with Kyle there, clean sweep across the board. And then we're going to go into our last matchup here. It's going to be Kevin versus Chris. I don't have much to say about this one. Chris's team is completely depleted. Only notable starters he has, like I said earlier, is Watson with a tough matchup against the Steelers. And then Mike Evans with a more favorable matchup against the Broncos. But that's where it ends. You know, having... I mean, we went over it earlier (laughs) on Sleeper. I'm just looking at it now. Before anyone has played... Kevin has a 94% chance of winning. <laughs> it's pretty sick to look at right now. I think um, Chris actually still has Shepard in his flex spot, so he's going to have to find someone to replace him, but don't really know who it's going to be. It's probably going to have to be Deion Lewis. Um, but, yeah, uh, Kevin has the edge in pretty much every position here. I don't see him having much trouble handling Chris and getting the dub this week. Yeah, I'm not really going to bash on Chris's team here, so I'm just going to take myself. Yeah, I'm going with uh, with Kevin also. Uh, just not looking great right now for you, Chris. Sorry, buddy. So that'll do it for the Dynasty Pick'ems for this week. Let's see how well we can guess them. I think we all pretty much had the same picks. The only difference was Kevin picking Gary and the rest of us picking Sean, but... If one does good, all is going to do good this week or vice versa. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go on to our loves and hates of the week. I'm going to start this one off with my love of the week. And I swear it's not a biased pick, but I'm going to have Kenyon Drake as my <laughs> love of the week. I'm going to need Drake to have a huge week for me to <laughs> for me to be competitive here. And he is against the Lions, who have given up the third most points to opposing running backs so far this year. Absolutely getting trash or uh, gashed and whatever (laughs) (laughs) by Aaron Jones last week Aaron Jones put up like 41 points or something I like the amount of carries that Drake is getting with 16 in in week one and 20 in week two I'd like to see him more involved in the passing game but I think they'll be able to score fairly easily on the Lions defense so I expect a lot of red zone opportunities for Drake I expect them to see the end zone and uh to get close to over 100 yards this week hopefully he could give me a 20 plus point performance for the squad this week Kenyon Drake I like that pick B I have Kenyon Drake in one of my leagues so I'm hoping you're right there me too he's due for one of those big games Mm -hmm. I mean people drafted him as an RB1 in some leagues Mm -hmm. uh and he's a little under underwhelming but it's only week two so you can't really or week three so you can't really panic but i hope b's right yeah there's that game i think has a 56 point over on yeah two, it's crazy so it's uh vegas is expecting a shootout i am too and i think drake's gonna fucking kill it i just like having a lot of you know just having a part of that cardinals offense it's yep. such a high pace offense you're yep. gonna get so many plays every game 
Um, so hopefully Kenny and Drake could uh, benefit from that this week. Kevin, who is your love of the week? Um, this is a guy I was already talking about just a couple minutes ago. It's going to be Chicago Bears' Allen Robinson. The Falcons have gave up 232 yards and 292 yards against wide receivers in week one and two. I think this week is an ideal matchup for Allen Robinson to have that boom game that we've been talking about. Uh, I think Allen Robinson is going to get you know over 100 yards, hopefully between 8 to 10 receptions and a touchdown. Uh, granted, both Falcons games were against Russ and Dak, and this week is Mitch. I still think Allen Robinson has a great matchup this week, and he's my love pick for week three. Yeah, I think that also makes Mitch a decent streaming option. Uh, Tom, if you're listening, maybe start Mitch. Uh, you can root for the Bears this week. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd start Mitch over Wentz for sure this yep. week. He's never starting Mitch. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Take I mean, he's, he's sitting Mitch. there right there for you on the wave of wire. I would wire, love so. to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be something. Yeah. But I think A-Rob a- is going to see a lot of targets. Now. I sure hope so. Hopefully he gets in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Yep. My love for this week is Joshua Kelly um, targeting the Panthers' run defense again. I did this in week one. Uh with josh jacobs and he absolutely fucking shredded them um i just i think you could feel comfortable starting um kelly and not just eckler against the panthers he got a lot of work last week i think he had uh 23 rushes and two targets so 25 touches splitting that backfield with austin eckler um yeah, I think he he's basically solidified that role for himself mm-hmm. instead of Justin Jackson. I know Jackson's been out, but I think he's back with the team now. So mm-hmm. I guess we could see how that goes this week, but I would be absolutely comfortable starting Josh Kelly and ex- actually expecting to see a decent decent amount of production from him. Yeah, wasn't Jackson was in the game week one, right? Yeah, week one. I think he wasn't week two. Um, I think he's back. Yeah. But even week one, I he was hurt. They like Kelly yeah. more than yeah. Jackson, and Kelly is. It looks he's like he's he's good. the he's yep. the goal line back too. Yep. Um, he's getting more carries than than Eckler uh, so far. I like that matchup. Actually, or um, Kyle in Man's League is starting both Eckler and and Kelly yeah, on the I same would, team. I would feel comfortable doing that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you can never go wrong starting a running back against the Panthers. Moving on to players we don't like so much this week, the hates of the week. And I'm going to go with a player off Holes' team here. I'm going to go with Darren Waller, who did have a fantastic week last week. He just tore up the Saints, and quite frankly, I have no idea what the Saints were doing. They basically (laughs) were leaving him wide open. He was the only guy that Carr was really targeting. I know he targeted a lot of guys, but I think he was the only guy that had over three targets on the game. And he had 16 targets. Um, I just think off a short week, he's dealing with a knee injury. Belichick's going to focus on him and Jacobs. He's not going to let their best players beat him, especially at home. Yep. I think it's a tough matchup. I don't, I don't expect Waller to have a, uh, a good week in week three. Yeah, because I think uh, Henry Ruggs was just ruled out today for Sunday's yep. game. So you got the speedy wide receiver out. So... They're not going to be queuing on uh, Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for my hate pick of week three, it's going to be on Tom's team. It's going to be Ronald Jones. I think the days of Ronald Jones as a clear running back one in Tampa Bay are ticking away. Fournette's going to be the RB1 in Tampa Bay sooner rather than later. We all saw Fournette boom last week on my bench with 12 carries, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. 
Ronald Jones' snap share percentage also dropped 13%, while Fournette's snap share percentage increased by 29%. Uh, I know Tom's in a tough position here, so, I mean, you're kind of, like, forced to start Ronald Jones, maybe. Um, but that is my hate pick for this week. I think Fournette is going to solidify himself another week as uh, the starting running back in Tampa Bay. Yeah, Fournette can do a lot this week to basically uh, lock up that role. I think they honestly were just waiting for a reason to bench Rojo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you never know with Arians. We right. always thought, because Ronald Jones actually had some good games last year, and then the next game Peyton Barber would yeah, be like that, the lead back. That's the yeah, problem. So it's like gross. Ronald Jones has had a lot of chances to win this job and, yeah. you know, be the starting running back for this team. And I think that, that they they were just waiting for a reason to, mm-hmm. to bench him and go with Fournette. Uh, so yeah, I like that one. Yeah, he's not terrible. I mean, you should definitely still keep him on your team. Like, I don't think Tom mm-hmm. should drop him or anything, no. but uh, I just don't like his. I don't think his future looks too bright. Agreed. Um, my hate for this week um, is DJ Moore, and hate's a pretty strong word. Uh, I still think you could start DJ Moore, but I would temper expectations. Um, I think this will be a pretty low-scoring game. Uh, Vegas has it at 43.5 points, um, so I don't expect a shootout. I still think the Panthers can put up some points, but definitely with McCaffrey out, um, the offense is going to look a little bit worse, and, and the def- Chargers defense isn't going to have to really focus in on, on McCaffrey like they always do. Um, you know, that injury, it might cause an uptick in targets for for the wide receivers but it's not like dj moore hasn't seen his fair share i think he had 13 last week um so he could still get some points in garbage time and stuff but just the chargers secondary is pretty pretty darn good so um i just wouldn't be expecting like a wide receiver one performance out of him or anything yeah chargers are pretty good defense so far and i was looking at it the McCaffrey has accounted for four out of the five touchdowns for the Panthers and the only other one was a 75 yard touchdown by Robbie Anderson so I think they're going to struggle to find the end zone in this one without McCaffrey Um, but like you said with he he should see you know his targets still but we'll see how how much uh, fantasy production he could do Um, that that'll be our loves and hates of the week and now we're going to move on to my favorite part of the episode since my team's not doing too good. This is this is where I can hang my hat on right now. And that's the NFL Pick'ems. I'm currently doing the best in the group right now. I had a perfect 5-0 and week last week, and I'm 8-2 and overall. Tom is at 7-3 and overall. Kevin is even at 5-5, five and five, and Seabass struggling a little bit at 4-6. and six. But we got we got a nice board for you today. I like these picks. I think it's easy, easy five and zero once again for your boy. Um, first matchup, we're gonna have the Pats at minus five and a half at home against the Raiders. Um, I love the Pats in this one. This was I think the easiest pick for me. I um, the Pats were one yard away from beating the Seahawks, pulling mm-hmm. off that upset last week. Cam's looking back to his old form. Um, and Pats are always a good pick at home, uh, even when there's no fans. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Raiders are coming off a short week as well. Belichick's going to be ready for them. Pats by at least a touchdown. 
Yeah, I'm going to take Pats here. As B said, the Pats did look good on Sunday Night Football against Seattle. They were just a yard short from beating them. Uh, Raiders didn't look too bad either, but uh, also with the injury of Henry Ruggs out um, and with Josh Jacobs being a little banged up, and I think you said Darren Waller is a little banged up as well, Mm -hmm. and they have a shortened week too, I'm going to take Pats here by at least a touchdown. Yeah, coming off of Monday Night Football and and the high of that win, I kind of expect this to be a letdown spot for the Raiders. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the picture of Belichick on Monday morning. uh, (laughs) Oh, with the ripped shirt. With the ripped up hoodie looking like he got zero hours of sleep. I mean, come on. He was watching watching Josh Jacobs' film from high school, college. Josh Jacobs (laughs) going to get like like 25 yards on Sunday. As soon as I saw that, I was like, let me... Let me find out what the what the Pats are at, and I'm just absolutely yeah, smashing that. So Belichick, something else. So I yeah, tell I'm, you. I'm taking the Pats. Portnoy that. like screenshot of the picture on Instagram. He just said sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, Belichick's gonna be ready for this one. On to the next matchup here, battle of two and O teams. Here we're gonna have the L.A. Rams at plus two and a half traveling to Buffalo to face the two and O Bills. I like what I've been seeing from the Rams thus far. Um, I thought I thought it was a joke that they were a dog last week in Philly. I thought that was a very easy pick. They handled them very well there. Um, the, but the Bills are playing very good as well. Um, but, I mean, they did play the Jets and Dolphins, and it was pretty close last week against the Dolphins. I think the Rams will be able to tame the hot start of Josh Allen just a little bit, get some pressure on him. Um, and then cover two and a half, but I'll sprinkle a little bit of money line on this one. I think the Rams get two consecutive upset dubs. Well, it'd actually be three consecutive because they were home yep. dogs against the Cowboys. Yeah. So I like the Rams in this one. Yeah, the Rams have actually been surprising me a bit. Um, I rooted against them in week one. Uh, I did not project them to beat the Cowboys, but they did. Uh, Bills are also... The, like B was already mentioning, they did play the Dolphins and the Jets. Nothing too competitive there. But Josh Allen has been probably one of the most surprising quarterbacks this season. I did not pro- project him to be as good as he is right now. Uh, but I do think the Rams will sneak out of this one. It'll be hopefully a good game. And I think Rams win by maybe a field goal. Yeah, I don't like the fact that we're... Uh... We're only getting two and a half points with the Rams. It'd be a lot nicer if it was mm-hmm. three, but I'm fairly confident that they will win this game. If I was betting it, I would probably take the money line. Um, with no fans, I just think that Jared Goff, the fact that he doesn't have to deal with because his home and road splits in mm-hmm. his career are pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Um, the fact that he doesn't have to deal with the crowd noise and stuff, and he's got uh, Sean McVay in his ear um, directing directing them i think i think that's a pretty big boost to this team so um the bills they struggled a little bit against miami um i like i like this spot for the rams the only thing is that they i think they traveled back to la yeah and that was the one from thing. philly back to uh, la and now they're heading back out to to buffalo um but yeah i, I like the rams yeah definitely going to be a, a tough one uh close game here but we all went with the Rams there, including Tom. Uh, and Tom also went with the Patriots in that first matchup as well. Moving on to our third matchup here, we're going to have the Titans at minus 2.5 going to Minnesota. The Vikings look terrible. Mm-hmm. But the, ty- the Titans, I mean, they don't look amazing either so far. 
I have to go with the road favorites here. I think the Vikings are going to have no answer for Derrick Henry in this one. I think the Titans are going to control the clock in this game and uh, and get the dub and cover that two and a half points at Minnesota. Yeah, Vikings have been a bit of a letdown. They are not looking too hot this year. Um, as B said, I think that the Vikings are not going to be able to stop Derrick Henry, even with A.J. Brown probably out this week. Is he confirmed out? Yeah, he's no, out. Okay, with, with him being confirmed out, um, I'm still going to take the Titans here. Uh, I think the Titans will beat the Vikings in somewhat of a close game, but yeah, I'm taking the Titans. I'm pretty sure the Vikings are missing Anthony Barr yeah. this week, too. Oh, out so. for the season. Out for the season. Oh, yeah. Did he get hurt yeah. last week, too? Oh, another injury. Out for the okay. season. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so chalk one up there. Just I think two another. Of their corners are out, and they've. They already they're starting rookies and mm-hmm. the, that whole defense is a mess. I don't even think Zimmer could figure it out. Yeah, their defense was so good like two years ago. But they got rid of they apart, they man. totally like defense revamped the whole thing. The yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, fast. I think everybody's still like waiting for the Vikings to bounce back. They've mm-hmm. been a pretty good team recently the last yeah. couple of years. So I think everyone's kind of just waiting for them to right the ship. But I honestly don't know if they will. And I, I think the Titans. It, They've underperformed, too. You saw how hyped everybody was for the Jags this week, mm-hmm. and they got destroyed. And, uh, I mean, they played the Titans pretty well. So I think the Titans in a pretty good spot. I think they're undervalued, and, and I, I like them. Uh, I like the fact that they're minus 2.5 only. So that one was another clean sweep across the board. We all went with the Titans. Tom picked the Titans as well. Going on to our fourth matchup here. I like this matchup. The Seahawks minus five at home against the Cowboys. How can you not ride with the hot hand of Russell Wilson in this one? I am really surprised that my two co-hosts here are still going with the Cowboys that picked them for two straight weeks. Mm -hmm. And, well, actually, Seabass picked the Rams week one, but Kevin has picked the Cowboys two straight weeks. It hasn't worked out for them as they're 0-2 against the spread now. I'm going to ride with Russ. I think he keeps cooking. I think the Cowboys' defense is nothing to speak of. He And Russ had no problem carving up the Pats' defense last week. Um, I just think that minus five, I think the Seahawks could, could win by a touchdown, at least against the Cowboys. Third time's a charm. I'm taking Cowboys <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Russ is legit. Russ is clear. Well, I want to say clear, but he's definitely – Top three for MVP right now, him, Kyler Murray, and I don't know. Well, he's number one right yeah, now. Is. <laughs> Russ is cooking out there. Um, but I think the game, I think Cowboys are still going to lose this game, but it's going to be another close game, kind of like what we saw in Atlanta, even though they, they did win. Uh, I think they're going to lose by maybe a field goal or less, but I'm taking Cowboys here, and hopefully I'm right if I am wrong. I am done taking the Cowboys for the rest of this podcast. I'll put I'll put the Cowboys in in the in the sheets every week if I could uh, <laughs> bet against them. You know, they're just rosters so appealing. I just keep taking them, and they just keep letting me down. They're just gonna have to win a lot of high scoring <laughs> yeah. games this year. I mean, yeah. I think this is gonna be a shootout again. The Seahawks defense. I mean, you mentioned the Cowboys defense. I don't mm-hmm. think the Seahawks defense has looked great either. Um, that was a pretty high scoring game against the Pats too, mm-hmm. and I mean they were one yard away from not covering that game and and blowing the lead um so i think dallas will have a chance to stay in this and i expect the shootout um i took the cowboys too i also the the last game against the falcons i think the cowboys had three turnovers and i think they uh 
didn't convert like two fake punt attempts. That's basically oh, yeah. five turnovers, and they still won the game against the Falcons. Classic I mean, Mike McCarthy. They could with put the fake up, punts. yeah, they could put up points, but I, I actually kind of like that aggressive, aggressive play calling. So, we'll see. Uh, I'm riding with the Cowboys, especially five five points is is a nice amount for that offense. No, I'm gonna let Russ cook a little bit more here. <laughs> Me and Tom went with the Seahawks here. Kevin and Seabass went with the Cowboys, so we got a little bit of a split there. Moving on to the Monday night game. Is this the game of the year? I mean Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in week three already. Most likely AFC championship preview here. But I'm gonna have to fade the Chiefs here. Uh, I'm gonna have to ride with my boy Lamar with the three point five, three and a half point favorites at home. Didn't like what I saw from the Chiefs last week versus the Chargers going into OT to get the dub. Um, Ravens have picked up right where they left off last year, having two convincing wins in the first two weeks. Um, I'd like it better if it was just three, not the three in the hook. Um, That's my only hesitation, but I think the Ravens' defense is good enough to slow down the Chiefs' offense just a little. And Lamar is gonna slice and dice with both his arms and with his arm and his legs. <laughs> yeah, both of them. Maybe he'll throw a lefty like uh, Mahomes did that one time. But I got the Ravens by at least four here. Who um, you got, Kev? I'm taking Chiefs here. It's just hard to go against Andy Reid, Patty Mahomes, and that stellar offense. Uh, I think it is gonna be one of the games of the year, games of the season. Um, I like Chiefs winning this one in a close battle and Sunday night or Monday night football. So I'm taking Chiefs here. Not much else to say. I don't really have a yeah. what else to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh I'm going with the Chiefs also three and a half points. I mean give me three points and the best player in the NFL. I I'm gonna go with that. Um I'm not really betting this game though. Um yeah. Not super comfortable with it because the Ravens do look like they're just out to to destroy everybody. Mm-hmm. Um I'd go with the Chiefs three and a half though, and uh, nice little bet. I think uh, I think the Ravens are like plus five hundred, five hundred to win the Super Bowl, and and I mean if they win this game, which they should do with this line like sixty percent of the time, if they win this game, they basically got the tiebreaker on the Chiefs in a one game lead, so they 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 would most likely lock up the number one seed in the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to bet on a Super Bowl champion, I'd go with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, I mean, five to one. That's still good, um, especially when you're picking the Ravens. I actually picked them to go to the Super Bowl yep. uh, at the beginning of the year, but I'm the only one that went with the Ravens in this one. Tom went with the Chiefs as well as these two over here. We'll see if, uh, if these work out for me again. See if I could have uh, keep my streak going over here. I'm on uh, the five-game winning streak right now. But I think those are some good picks for you boys. Um, that's going to just about wrap it up for this episode of the Hillscast. Good luck in this week's matchups, and we'll see you next week. Peace out, boys. Enjoy week, week three football, fellas.